Brooklyn. But still good. This is a Broken Toys Studio production. And then show up and everybody's going to be like, hey, good to see you. Why isn't the Liam Falcon on fire? Yeah. Hold it for hooks. Less naked people, more children. But where was that can- cantina scene again? Can't remember. <laughs> oh, bite. When she reached out and grabbed it, I go, yes. And then when the force lightning came out, I was like, no. Two Jedis, both alike in dignity, and fair Exegol where we lay our scene. I bite my thumb at you. You bite your thumb at me. I bite my thumb at you, noob. Specifically, it's a podcast. I'm Lou. I'm Ben. And he doesn't care who brings us in. I'm typing. Good. Someone's got to be typing. It, it makes us sound professional. Like, you know, we, we're actually running a studio here. Things are going on. We know what we're doing. We have no clue what we're doing. Well, that's not true. I'm making notes. Please excuse my dear aunt Sam. Hill? Oh. No, I, I, I'm having to bring up my notes because there's lots of notes because there's lots to talk about. There's lots to talk about today, So, um, but let's focus for a bit. That's it. Welcome to General Geekery. I have to get my one welcome in there. Yes. Um, that's, we oh, my to, good Lord, that was loud. Did anybody that, else hear that? That was, was that the ghost? <laughs> was that the ghost? I got to find a way to turn that off. That was my push notification through the computer. Did you hear, you heard that, I right? Heard, oh, oh, I okay. heard that. I heard that. Everybody else heard that, right? Okay. That, that, that is now uh, General Geekery. Uh, <laughs> That's now a callback we're going to have to do later. I'm going to have to turn off my cloud push notifications. Ding. Okay, so. Don't turn off your Aerith push notifications. We have. Ah, Final Fantasy joke for those of you nerds. So, did I let that breathe enough? Can I go now? You, you shouldn't have let it breathe. You should have just smothered it. I didn't really let it breathe as it was. Anyway, we have now watched Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of the Skywalker the VV. Animated series. Animated series. Oh, man, I screwed that up. How did I miss that? It was yes. your joke. We watched The Rise of Skywalker. I know it was my joke. That's why I'm really upset that I screwed it up. You know, because it's your dog. I didn't write it down. That's the problem. Okay, I've got my my abbreviated notes uh, for this. The, my abbreviated notes for this is longer than my eighth grade like <laughs> writing project that I did on the Manhattan Project. <laughs> right. All right, f- five paragraph system, man. Come on. That's um, <laughs> intro, right. point one, point two. Point three, conclusion is not happening today. You know what? You don't need your notes for this one. Uh, right off the bat, did you enjoy it? Oh, we're going with the, the truncated version. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Just let's start there. Did you enjoy it? Was I, it good use of your time? I enjoyed this movie. Roll that theme song. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did too. I thought, I, you know, I had a lot of fun. I would watch it again. I, I think I think that's all right. Um, did you get what you wanted out of it? I got Everything I wanted out of it. Nice. Pretty, pretty much everything. There, there's, there are no such things as, as perfect films. But I do have some some qualms, some questions, some quandaries. But all right. in all, but I got what I wanted out of it. If we look back and we think about, uh, we ended the last episode with, what did we want to say? Right. And I know you were really big on lineage for Ray. Right. How, how sat- I, Was that satisfying? That It was. It was not what I was expecting. Right. 
I was and, not and, expecting that either. And we'll get into that. So you guys know we're going to kind of go. We're, we're going to come back to this. We're, we're gonna just ki- kind of hitting the high level right now. Yeah, we're trying to go kind of chronologically through the movie. But just as a top-down overview, yeah, I was happy to to get Ray's lineage. I would have definitely guessed push come to, to shove. I would have guessed that they were going to do the brother-sister thing again where mm-hmm. you get right. the shippers who get thrown off because, you know, it, it's the same as uh, Han on on indoor being like, Oh, I'll step out. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, and then you get the big turn is, I, and then apparently according to the timeline, it's about when, uh, when Ben was conceived. That's uh, if our math is right. And I'd like to think it is. I'd like to think it's not. Cause I don't want to think about that. <laughs> Why not, man? Everybody's having a party you on know, indoor. You know, all those uh, Ewoks are sitting there like, cause they're small. They're like stepping over each other to like watch them. Listen, man, as our good friend Kirby pointed out, Yubnub is, uh, it's an aphrodisiac. It is. It it is to it is to indoor what? Let's get it on Barry White. <laughs> it is. You throw it on. It's like Usher from 1996. Oh like you are getting some oh. if you if you roll that track. Eighty percent of the time, it works every time. <laughs> oh. Colt 45. Okay. But yeah. So, yeah. Ray, yes. Ray, Ray's lineage. Um, I wanted an ending to the Skywalker saga. I wanted a conclusion. I wanted that balance to be brought to the force. And I, I, I think it was brought really well. I think we had a nice balance. Ray takes the Skywalker name. She rejects the dark side. And we're kind of like, we're not predestined to who we are. Uh, she chose the Skywalker name and we have what to my knowledge is a first in the star Wars universe. Uh, we have a yellow lightsaber. Yes, and we'll come back to that too. Um, nice. We, we bury we bury the red and the green <laughs> lightsabers. So, I I felt like we did get a an ending to the Skywalker saga. Please make no more Skywalker saga movies. Please make lots of movies at other parts of the universe. Please stop here. You're done. Well, there'll be a few things in here where I would kind of like to have the backstory or maybe a um, a Star Wars story version of some of the events. But um, yeah. Namely, Poe being a drug runner, you know, spices, sure. quote unquote, spices, spice, a, a right. spice runner. The spice must I, flow. The spice must flow. Is was I, he on Arrakis? Yeah, yeah. I want to see him and Zori Bliss uh, have their own movie. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yes, if you guys are wondering, because Tatooine would be Dune, right? We are. What's up? Because Tatooine would be Dune, right? So the uh, the <laughs> other planet with all the crime, I guess that would be kind of like House Harkonnen sitting there on Arrakis. I don't right. know. I'm not quite sure what to make of that part yet. Well, anyway, I think um, we're we're happy, right? Like we're happy, and so yeah. what, what we need to say on that, and and what I need to say on that is, when I came out of the movie, I really, really enjoyed it. I loved it. I hugged people. I had a good time. Yeah. And then I go home immediately, and oh, I'm like, we, we we spent we spent I don't know what 20, 30 minutes in the lobby just talking and then waiting for people to walk by and hushing ourselves so we didn't spoiler people as they were yeah. entering the lobby. <laughs> we waited long like, enough. Oh man, when Ray? Oh, we would, you know when. When Ray did that thing, with the they're gone, they're gone. And it was so awesome. With the lightsaber, whoa! <laughs> um, yeah, so we stood there long enough that, that people made us move, move and get out of the way. Anyway, I got I get out of the movie, I'm happy. I go home, and I'm immediately like, let's see what the rest of the Star Wars people think. And of course, they were perfectly reasonable, level-headed people. It was nothing but hate and vitriol the entire time. And we know what happens when you have hate. Yes, um, and, and I was like, well, am I the only one that really liked this movie is it, much in the same way as when I came out of, uh, last, uh, last Jedi, I came out going, I enjoyed the movie, but I had some major problems. Right. And then there was a bunch of people immediately that were like, this is the greatest movie. So I come out of rise of Skywalker and everyone seems to just be like, this is terrible. This is terrible. This is terrible. 
it took me a week or so and then some more videos to come out where other people are like, no, it really was good. Where I realized those people that were in that first wave right. were people that already wanted to hate it. Right, yeah. I, and that's, they, just, that's, they, they had their timeline of things they were going to hate and they just needed to fill in the gaps of the actual details of the movie, but they had their thesis before even sitting down in the theater. And we had people like that in... Um, in the uh, the second the second chronological part of the trilogy, uh, episodes one, two, and three, we have people who hated everything about those two. You know, I, I think we're going to dive into this. I, I think it's fair to say there are also things we didn't like about this movie as well. So usual stand, you know, usual standard disclaimers. We're, we're telling you our feelings. We're sharing them with you. You may not agree. I don't know why you wouldn't because we're perfect. But yeah, you know, you might not agree. That's okay. We just we have opinions on this too. Uh, and I think it's I think it's tradition. Uh, and there's a fine line that I think you pointed out really well. There's a tradition of pointing out all the ridiculous stuff in Star Wars films. I mean, that's how we got, that's how we got, um, that's how we got the solo move. That's how we got solo, um, is, well, parsecs are a unit of distance, not, you know, a unit of, uh, speed or time. And that just spawned a whole thing to correct that. So picking on Star Wars movies is, is tradition. Well, I think that's like okay it- for fans to pick on them. However, there's a fine line between, I'm going to pick on this. I didn't like this. This didn't make sense to me. And coming in with an agenda of hate. Right. And we said before is no one, people don't break down and analyze movies this much that they don't like the movie or they don't like the entire saga to, to a certain right. extent. We don't, I've never uh, heard you talk about chicken pot pie. Right. And you won't hear me talk about chicken pot pie. You won't see me in a room with chicken pot pie. You won't see me making a chicken pot pie. Right. It's, that's all we got to say about that. Okay, so I'm going to give us a, a quick pause, and then we are going to go into our first bit. Excellent. Colt 45. There are two rules to remember if you want to have a good time. Rule number one, never run out of Colt 45. Rule number two, never forget rule number one. You want to know why you should keep plenty of Colt 45 on hand? You never know when friends might show up. I don't claim you can have a better time with Colt 45 than without it. But why take chances? And welcome back after a word from our sponsors there. Okay, so we are ready to jump into it. Now, before we jump into this, I know you guys are thinking you're just right on the edge of your seat. You're thinking the tension is palpable. I know what you're thinking, that I might have jokes preloaded, but there's nothing up my sheave. How are we going to sit through all this information? Lou, could you help me out? I'm, 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 I'm going to let you run through this. <laughs> that's it. That's all oh, okay. I got. That's, <laughs> that's all the puns I, know, I allowed. that was pretty good. That's all the puns I allowed myself. <laughs> I, I, okay. You, yeah, that was pretty good. You covered all the names. Like, you did, uh, did a all good right. job. All right. So, so, movie opens up. Classic, classic music, which sounds like... Anyway, so we get the crawl. Listen, the crawl explains it all. Okay? Right off the bat, it, the movie just hits you in the face and goes, Palps is back. The dead have risen. The, the dead oh, speak. They can speak, yeah. The dead speak. It's just right off the bat, here it is, Palpatine's back, if you like it or not. And I like that it basically makes it, are you with me, right off the bat. They just MacGuffin it. It, it challenges It challenges all the, the, the people that were big, 
uh, Last Jedi fans. Right. Right off the bat, they goes, listen, Palpatine's back. Are you with me or not? Because if you're not right now, you might as well walk Get out. Get off the train, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the last stop. Um, I, I like that. Uh, I liked, it was something that I appreciated out of as much as I'll rag on, say, Avatar, why we're here, unobtainium. Oh, okay, cool. You can't obtain it. It's unobtainium. I get it. Let's move on. The dead speak. Palpatine's back. I he he called out to the galaxy though. That part I didn't quite follow because it seemed like he basically replied all to the universe. Right, but then it seemed like a lot of people didn't really understand that or know uh, what was going on, and people didn't believe it even in say the rebellion where the resistance, which you would think if anybody would understand the history of the first order. That would be like a real oh, what the fuck moment. Right. But it does show that like this whole idea of Jedi and Sith has fallen into this land of like mythos. Yeah. Where it's like how much is real, how much is not real. Um, but on. Yeah. And, and OK. And, and, and again, this is the MacGuffin. It happened. We're done. Move I, on. I'm OK with it. Yeah. And, and again, I'll stay from the top down. One of the big complaints from a lot of people that I've heard is, well, it's like one big video game. Like you've got a big MacGuffin and you have to go get stuff. And it's like, yeah, a lot of movies yeah. are that way. It's fine. Right. It, 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 I don't mind some traditional storytelling to get everything in. Now, that being said, you talk about unobtainium real quick, right, right off the bat. It goes straight into a montage. This is the first Star Wars movie to open with a montage. You're not opening with droids walking through the desert or anything like that. Right. And the montage is on Exegol, right? No, it's on Mustafar. No, it's a Mustafar, yeah. Okay. Before we even get there, Exegol. I can I only heard one thing and tell me if I'm off on this cuz you talk about unobtainium. Why right. we can't obtain it? Okay, yeah. Exit Exegol. All I can hear in my mind is exit all like that this is the exit of the entire star well, i'm sure star. i'm sure there's the, the this is the skywalker saga we're gonna end it we're gonna exit all of it on exegol i mean if anything it's actually like a bit it's it's, it's a bit subdued for what we're used to, used to out, of, <laughs> out of star wars wars in the star where luke skywalker ascends from the planet to walk through the sky to fight uh villains with this really cool plasma sword called a light saber a saber that emits light. Hey, well, like listen, it's better Darth than Darth Vader is almost like Dark Darth. Vader. Vader, very similar to Father. Like, uh, these are kind of, like, we're, we're actually a bit off the nose for Star Wars <laughs> Universe, I think, in my opinion. So, I love the opening montage. You've got Kylo Ren just laying waste to people, trying to find the Wayfinder. Basically, the um, uh, the Holocron, which right. um, they're saying it's not a Holocron, it's, it's, but, it's but not, it basically well, it, is. Well, it's not, a, it's not a Holocron, but it serves the same purpose for navigation as the Holocron would serve for, like, knowledge about... Overcoming death. And on that subject, we are going to hit this chronologically, but kind of to jump a second, right off the bat, because we talked about who's your big bad. That was the, the secondary question is, first question, uh, raise lineage. Second right. question, who's the big bad? And right off the bat, JJ goes, just with the crawl, going, listen, Palpatine's back, you're with me or you're not with me. Right. And then it comes to... Uh, he doesn't really give you time to think about it either. No, it doesn't. He jumps he right doesn't. into a bunch of a montage and a bunch of action. And then he goes straight to Kylo Ren. He's like, Kylo Ren's a bad guy. Are you with me or not? Because he shows him doing the the montage, just laying waste. And then, you, I mean, yes, you get the the thing with, Sheev, uh, with uh, Palpatine. Mm -hmm. But a little bit later, you get him and with the boardroom scene. And I don't know if I've ever been happier at someone's pain on screen <laughs> than seeing him put the mask back together, glowing, Right, gets in the boardroom and everybody's like, no, no, no. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you've all, you've got the one guy and you're like, 
choke this dude. And he just chokes him up against the ceiling. And I've never rooted for a bad guy more. I was so, I, I almost jumped out of my seat. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, that's, that is, that is someone who's channeling his inner grandfather. Don't choke on your ambitions kind of thing. Right. Uh, so let's go in order. So then uh, we have right. the, the montage. Then we get uh, Finn, Poe, and Chewie. Um, they're 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 getting the intel. Uh, yep. And BB-8. And BB-8. Let's not leave BB-8 out. Right, right. So He's we've rolling. Got, and BB-8 is supposed to be kind of like, uh, as we talked about before, R2 is more of like supposed to be kind of like a peer to, um, not a peer, a peer right. uh, to Luke, whereas BB-8 was always supposed to be kind of like a little kid. He's a child, yeah. He's, he's a child proxy, a child stand-in. And if you notice, every time Ray sees him, um, the first thing she does is fix his antenna. Right. Like, like kind of like fixing the hair of like a little kid when yeah, you see him. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say straight, I was going to say like straightening his shirt, straightening the gig line, but yeah, right. fixing the hair. So it's great. So we're all on the Millennium Falcon. We got Finn, Poe, Chewie, and BB-8. And so you kind of got like all the little, like like the guys have gone out on like a, a search and, not a search and rescue, have gone out for a, a recon. Right. A recon mission. I want to know what Chewie said to Poe when, <laughs> when, when Poe's like, how thick do you think that ice wall is? Because <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's like, let's do this. Or, oh, no, no. He was, he was like. <laughs> or if oh, it's like, or if it's like, not my ship. No. I, that's what I read it as. It's like, no, 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 no. Poe, 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 Poe. This is on all over again. All right. So we do. Aw. So we do get the. Um, the light speed jumping. Oh yeah, the um, the short range skip. Yeah, which we talked about. Uh, we talked about in episode eight. This ties into um, how can we? Why can't we just do like pincer move the fleet or something like that? Uh, the short range jumps are very difficult. It takes a lot of time to get back. Well, um, I, I would have to think, and I don't know exactly. So this is like a really big, talented thing, right? It's what it's supposed to be. Well, that's my question. Is it talented or is it gutsy? Because I imagine you have to, every time you well, make a jump. I imagine it's gutsy, yes. Because I imagine every time you make a jump, you would have to put in coordinates so that you don't fly through space rock and just obliterate yourself. Yeah. Fly into the center of a sun. And, and Astrogation's I, like a... So I have to think that it's just guessing. You're like, I don't think there's a planet over there, but there's obviously not time to do all the calculations. Well, I mean, space is space is really big and really empty. So there's a lot of like nothing, except for when you just show up in front of a space worm. Yeah, or <laughs> asteroids, or something that used to be a planet. So it's it definitely gutsy. It's something that historically in the EU has been considered really difficult. But th- this is kind of one of those things that I feel like um, it, it feels very JJ. Uh, it feels very uh, we're gonna teleport while the ship's at warp to a planet and. You know, it's really hard to do. Okay, bop, 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 it's done. Uh, there's no real, you never really feel the stress of it. And now we've we've removed this barrier. We know that Poe and Poe piloting the uh, Millennium Falcon, because I'm not going to assume it will be the same for every other ship. We know that's something that he can just do in a Millennium Falcon. It's nimble enough and he's skilled enough to do it. Well, it is a YT-1300 light freighter. Ah, um, uh, Carillion. Carillion made. Um, but here's the thing on if you're that. Gonna hyper, if you're going to skip jump in hyperspace, Carillion freighters are the way to do it. So when I saw that scene, here's the first thing I thought was it made me think of the scene I liked probably most of Last Jedi, which okay. was that opening scene with Poe laying waste to basically bring down the Dreadnought himself. Ah, yes. And it felt like the first of the... F you Ryan moments <laughs> it, and like not on the nose, but it's kind of like Ryan, Ryan showed J, uh, Ryan shows Poe doing something awesome. And 
then we're all like, yay, go Poe. And then he gets back and he's like, no, you shouldn't have done that. That was the wrong thing. We're going to punish you for doing that awesome thing that we all were rooting for when it was happening. And then JJ goes, no, 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 no. Get the plans, get out of there, fight a bunch of TIE fighters, uh, do, a, nice do all the jumps, yeah. get through a nice wall, and then show up and everybody's going to be like, hey, good to see you. Why is the Millennium Falcon on fire? Yeah. Hold it for Hux. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it, 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 it was a good scene. The last, skip jumping into like atmosphere really seems like that's that's really opening up the EU to a lot of for the, the reasons we like it also become also turn around to become now weaponizable because this is basically now the uh, hyperspace ship attack jumping to warp through a, a ship kind of thing that raised a lot of hackles in the last one. So it's really interesting that that bothered people. And this doesn't, I'm not saying either is bad or good, just they both really kind of change fundamentally how we look at the universe, the Star Wars universe, but one's okay and one's not. Right. Uh, and then uh, then we do uh, move back. To, so we move back to Ray, really our central figure right. here. Oh, yep. Because uh, uh, yeah, she, she comes out and asks why the Millennium Falcon's on fire. <laughs> so, but when we find but, her, when we find her, she's levitating. She's levitating rocks. It's not all about levitating rocks. Right. But she's but, levitating but it's, it's, it's like 40% about levitating rocks. Yeah, mostly, mostly rocks. Mostly rocks. Um, and uh, she's calling out. She's, you know, speak to me. She's calling out to, to the other Jedi that, right. that have all come before her. Uh, she's dipping and she, and into she's this. Trying, and it, that, that's important, though. This is something that's throughout the, the uh, especially in the EU, we are trying to learn how to talk. And it's not just the EU. Uh, in episode three, Yoda has to go into, or no, is end of episode two, I guess. Yoda has to go into, no, it was three. Yoda has to go into hiding. Uh, we've lost, and we've lost the, uh, we've lost the Senate. And... Yoda tells Obi-Wan that he's going to teach him how to speak to Qui-Gon to continue his training. And that's why uh, Obi-Wan can still be powerful uh, when we get to episode four, is he spent, oh, what, 40 years, 30 years sitting in a cave. Maybe not that much. How old is Luke? Well, whatever. He spent that long sitting in a cave training with his former master uh, through this force reach out. This is something that's been... Uh, repeated throughout the the story, the the Skywalker saga and the EU, but no one's there to give that information to either Leia or or Ray. They don't have it. They don't know how to do it. They're they're trying to bootstrap this one. Right, and and she's using all the resources that she has because right. she is using the books. You can tell that uh, what she, resources that does she, she have. Yeah, she. You can tell that she's been using the the old Jedi text. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, very can, few people to actually read them. Right, right, Luke right. didn't. Right. Yoda, <laughs> not Yoda exact, points that out. Not exactly page turners. God, yeah. that was so stupid. Um, so anyway, um, but it does, that does illustrate. Well, that, that, was an, that was an episode eight one. So, right. Um, it's canon now. And then when they, when they're heading off to be like, Oh, we got to go find the wayfinder. Um, I, it's a little bit contrived. It's a little sure. bit trope, but it's like, I'm going to go by myself. No, we all go together. We're all in this together. We're really big on I, MacGuffins and uh, tropes in this movie. I'm okay. That's okay. With, I'm okay with that. That's well, okay. And, and this is why I'm pretty okay with this. I know some people wanted it to be revolutionary in the same way that Ryan Johnson's movie was. It put a lot of, turned a lot of things on their ear. We don't have time to put, turn things on their, on their yes. ear. We need to get things done. So if you want to get all the boxes checked and if you want all the answers you want to get, we're going to have to use some tropes so we don't have to explain everything and just do exposition all day long. Yes. And this is space opera, right? We, we've established this. We've established that we're used to nitpicking things because it's not science fiction. It's space opera. You go with it. 
we have a history of just going with things, and we are now at episode nine of this long-running saga. You gotta tie it up. Lean on the tropes. Lean on the things you've already established. Roll with it and get to the resolution. This isn't about breaking new ground. Mandalorian, different place. Right, right. This is not Mandalorian. So so we all head out, and we're all in this together, and so we head out to Basana. All right, so we open with the big Matrix party, which I don't have a big problem with. Uh, it did remind me of the, the Matrix 2 party. Um, <laughs> sure. Less naked people, more children, but, you yeah, know, still. More aliens. It, to me, felt like... Because, you know, in 8, we had to have our, our cantina scene. Right. Which was on, where was that can, cantina scene again? Can't remember. <laughs> oh, bite. <laughs> but that's also where you get you a lot. You did that on purpose. I did do that on purpose. Is we go to Pisana. We, we don't have a cantina scene necessarily, but we do get kind of what I call the Jim Henson moment. Okay. Where, where you get all of the, the oh, little characters yep. and that sort of thing, where you get the cuteness where, and where, everything. Where you, where you, you, there, there's, there's a lot, a lot of humans in a Star Wars movie, especially episodes four, five, and six. Let's, let me dial that back. There's a lot of humans in episodes four, five, and six. More now that, um, more <laughs> now that Lucas gets to put, right. every time he comes through, it's, it's less and less humans by, by percentage. But, the cantina scene, one of the things it does is it kind of sets the, no, the universe is rich, uh, rich tapestry of a bunch of different aliens. They're all kinds of aliens, but we're going to get out of here and it's going to be all humans again because it's way cheaper. Um, so this, yeah, this kind of reminds us that, because uh, even, even in the resistance camp, it's a lot of, it's a lot of humans. So our crew, we have two humans, a Wookiee who we're, we're kind of just used to now and also kind of looks like a human anyway, just like a, like a uh, Italian American, nice big hairy. And you can say that because you're. I can say that, yes. Um, and then you have, um, you know, BB-8, but we've also got robots. Uh, we they're not aliens. This is really the first time we get that broad spectrum. There are the universe is a rich tapestry of biology. Right. So we get the question: What's your last name? What's your name, Ray? What's your full name? It's kind of like like my kids. It's like, what's your big full name? Right. And she can't answer it, and we all want that answer. So it's a good setup, and it sets up really well to. It's like okay, but you're not going to get credit at the store. Right. It sets up for our reveal later, and it sets up for our big turn at the very very end or right. our last line. And, well, um, it's 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 a, it's a bone to the audience. It's JJ saying this is important. Right. So we haven't forgotten about you. Right. And and it's basically saying I'm going to answer it, which that's I think that which was for JJ is big. I think that was the moment that I actually took a big uh, sigh in the theater was when she's like, no, but what's your last name? So her saying that is all of us going, yeah, what's your last name? Right. And it's JJ going, I'm not going to ask that question if I'm not going to answer it. So that kid going, what's your last name? I took a big sigh to go, oh, thank goodness he's going to tell us. Yes. And. I liked it. I like that because also up until this point, it's been very fast paced. Right. So having having that change to me was was really big. Like now we have we, we you know, we have we have something we're going to take a step back and we're, we're going to look at the big picture because her last name is a big picture thing. This isn't like some action packed thing where we're going to stab a bunch of people and like, I don't know pull a birth certificate out of somebody's coat pocket. Right. So then we find, and this is one of the few things I don't have the name written down. Um, they find the ship of the, of the Jedi hunter, the Jedi, oh, uh-huh. um, starts like start, there's an O and a J and I think it's like four letters. I, I cannot think of Oligi or something like that. Anyway, we find, uh, we find that person's ship and that's got the information and all that. What's interesting is as we go back and we find out who people were and why they were on that planet, Ray, is that was the hunter that was supposed to come and find and and take Ray back. Right. 
so I don't know what happened to, to that individual, but that's, that's, that's who that was. I love in this scene. Yeah. I'm kind of jumping forward a little bit. I love in this scene. Go for it. Let's move on. I, I love in the scene grabbing the shuttle. The yes. shuttle Tom's way out. It's got Chewie on it. She's there. She reaches out almost instinctively. What well, is instinctively? Cause she reaches out and she grabs it. Yeah. Kylo grabs it. They're both sitting here having this little tug of war. And then she gets like this big visceral emotion upwelling and the force lightning comes out. Right. And just like when she reached out and grabbed it, I go, yes. And then when the force lightning came out, I was like, no. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think you had to have that because that was a big, that was a big pull. And I don't mean that as like a, like, you know, a deep cut, anything like that. I mean, she was, she was grabbing a ship with thrusters, leaving an atmosphere, a ship that was capable of leaving, you know, capable of breaking gravity for that planet and getting into space. Uh, again, this isn't science fiction, but that we, we do things in kind of like orders of magnitude. Leia didn't pull uh, her capital ship to her. She ended up getting pulled to the capital ship. No friction, no gravity, nothing to help it out. So the idea that you could pull, and, and this is a much smaller ship. This is just a shuttle, right? But the, the idea that you could have two powerful force users fighting over the ship, and it also establishes her as a peer to Kylo. So... In episode seven, she was not a peer. She was, um, she got some good hits in, but I think we, I, th I think it's fair to say Kylo was, um, was over the top on that one, on that battle, right? Right. Okay. Eight, they were kind of partners. Like it, it didn't really come much. There was really a lot of emotional tug between them. Now in nine, we now have this moment where they're both using force powers and they're peers. Right. Right. And, and unless we forget and we go back that, you know, now we know that, that Ray was trained by, cause we kind of over, we kind of skip past this. Now we know that Ray was trained by Leia, Leia, mm -hmm. which is why we had to have Leia in this movie. Why Leia couldn't be in the seat for the Holdo maneuver that had to be right. Holdo. And uh, that made that, that made me so happy to kind of resolve that. It did because I, I loved Laura Dern. I was like, well, I mean, why couldn't Carrie be the person to do that? And then right. Laura Dern gets to well, stay. If you if you knew, if you knew again, I repeat, God rest her soul. But if you knew that she wasn't going to make it to the next movie for filming, that might have been a really cool, powerful moment. However, one that happened after the after the movie, so there's no way to know that ahead of time. And two, this was this was great. This was a great use. Funny enough, now that we're talking about that, that training, uh, that training um, flashback, so they they de-aged her and Luke. Right. They used, uh, but you need stand-ins. You need actors to de-age. Mm -hmm. Do you know who they de-aged in that scene? It wasn't Carrie Fisher. No, it wasn't. And um, I think I read this earlier, but was was it um, was it Billy? Was it her yes, daughter? Yes, it was her daughter. Really? Yeah, it was Billy. Yep. That's awesome. So they, uh, I guess they morphed her. They didn't necessarily need to de-age her that much, but they morphed her right, into right, they, her, her younger mother. Because they said they needed like a pan shot. They needed to be able to actually hit her and pan to Luke and, and all that. Right. So that's just so awesome to know that, you know, here's Leia. She had a lightsaber. She trained under Luke. We really, as much as you and I are not big fans of Endor, I say that and I'm wearing a battle yeah. of Endor hat, is uh, as much as we don't really like Endor, a lot happened after the movie in indoor, like we just yeah. see credits roll. But then after that, there's boning, there's, there's training, there's lots of stuff going yeah. on. Endor uh, is, Endor is an important part of this universe now. And I thought that Wait, was, you mean the forest moon of Endor? Well, yeah, I said Endor. Come on. Do you need me to disambiguate? If I say Endor, are you honestly telling me you can't tell if that's a planet, a moon, a sun, a system? Are you honestly telling me you can't tell by context? I mean, it could be all those things that were Kev beer. Thank 
We'll get to Tank it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. The maker <laughs> that somewhat in that universe had some sense. That that bothers me. For those that that aren't so in the know on what we're talking about, is the planet that we're eventually going to get to that they go to uh, is Kev Beer, which is, uh, for lack of a better term, let's call it the ocean moon of, the ocean of, moon of, Endor, uh, of yeah. Endor. But as we knew before, in the um, I think in the visual dictionary and other places. It was the forest moon of Endor on the planet of Endor, uh, outside the planet of Endor, with the two Endor suns, Endor in one, Endor. Endor one, Endor two. Yeah. And so now that makes it even weirder. And to the me. system is Endor, and that make that all makes it weirder for, for me oh, now. Oh, oh, oh you're taking a counter like we're not going to yeah. commit to the bit. No, it just it seems weird that it's like okay, all these other things are named Endor, and then you got Kev Beer. Well, uh, let's not forget Lucas named everything else. Kev Beer was named by probably JJ. That's true. So anyway, um, all the awesome. Uh, Ray stuff. She grabs the shuttle, blows it up. We think Chewie's gone. A lot of people are like, well, no one really thought Chewie was gone. You know what? I really I thought did. I really thought that they were going to take a quick cut, you know, and that's what hurts the most. If you think I'm going to liken it to Downton Abbey of all things, if people watch Downton Abbey, um, when the, the character, uh, I can't remember his name. I, the dude, I, I, I'm going to sit back and let this okay. one roll because <laughs> you're on it's, your own here. There was a, a major love interest in the show and he was like the character, but apparently he didn't want to come back for the next season. So in the last episode, it's like, oh, car wrecking dead. But it hey, heart attacks happened. But it actually like in the show is a huge deal. It's like really, really? Oh, that's gigantic. There's no setup. There's no fanfare. Just dead. And uh, Walking Dead does that a lot too. Yeah. So for yeah. this, like you think, well, it's not oh, like him. He did. You know, Han when he does. Spoiler alert. Han when he dies, it's a big build up, and it's your it's in your third act, and you're like you're expecting something big to happen. So you kind of go, oh, I see that. But with this, you think, oh man, they just they just he's gone. Chewie's just gone. Yeah. And uh, of all things, force blast from your friend. Right. And her read on that was so good because her voice yeah. like breaks and it's not like Chewie or something like that. Like her voice like is like, like, like her voice just goes. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. it. I thought it was great. And, and honestly, I mean, it's better than the Legends end for Chewie. Well, being crushed by a moon is tough to swallow. Yeah. I mean, it's epic. But <laughs> come uh, on, and Chewie's going to come back. He's we've got some. I've got some interesting information yeah, about we, Chewie we got, we coming a little bit later because we have a lot. We've to got cover. a moon on. All right, so um, then we go to Kajimi because okay, so well, we got the dagger. Uh, dagger has a secret language. We can't uh, uh, understand the secret language. Uh, it's the secret Sith language, right? And only only a protocol droid can uh, decipher that. Which, but apparently, actually, apparently, when Anakin built him, uh, he doesn't allow him to to speak Sith. Yeah, and I, I you know, I, I'm going to say this is some pro- this is some good protocol here. So we have we know how we can uh, read this uh, Sith language and kind of uh, decode this information we need. You have two wayfinders, and you have a way to find this information, like your hidden wayfinder. So you've got like you've got three copies of the information you need to decode to get somewhere uh, in two different formats, and one of them is off-site. This is actually pretty good. This is this is this is not bad for backup practices. Right. So, uh, so that leads us, uh, so we have to, we have to, to and much, much better than, much better than, uh, Darth Plagueis, the wise who left what one holocron. Have I ever told you the story of Darth Plagueis? I've yes, it- stop. God, it's always Darth Plagueis with you. I've turned it into like an old Southern man. Yeah. Come here, child. Let me tell you a story. All right. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, well. 
I've ever told you about uh, Darth Plagueis the Wise. Oh, he lives uh, up, uh, up the river bend a little bit, uh, around the creek. Always shovels his drive. Good man, Darth Plagueis. Wise man. Say you overcame death. I think he's just really old. So that takes us to Kajimi. <laughs> so that we can we can use the 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 uh um droid hacker essentially. Bob, Babu Freak. Babu Freak. I'm so excited. Give him a movie. Give, give him a movie. I'm 100 I want that dude to have a movie so bad. I want to know his background. I, there's nothing else on this planet that I was really that interested in. I I want his movie. So I had a lot of people say I've heard a lot of people say that one of the problems they had with this movie, that it wasn't surprising, uh, or sorry, uh, yes, that it wasn't surprising, just like 7 wasn't terribly surprising. And they liked how surprising 8 was. But they also, a lot of people seem to dislike the turn with Poe and learning his backstory is not as pristine as we thought it was. A lot of people didn't seem to like finding out, it's like, oh, well, he used to really? be a drug runner before he was in the military. We thought that he was this pristine military person. I think that plays just fine because he's kind of our Han character. Uh, yeah, he's our Han he's, character, and he's a rebel. Like, this is good, what he does. Right, he's good now, and ultimately has a good moral compass, right. compass. But before, he just did whatever he could to survive. And he wasn't, and yeah, and he wasn't straight-laced ever. Like, he... he, he he took it upon himself to go take down a dreadnought. And we talked about this earlier. He took it upon himself to go do that and like, or dislike what happened in uh, episode eight and how that was handled. That was, that was kind of a, it was tolerated by Leia, but it was kind of a rogue move. That was not something that would have flown under Holdo. As we saw, his character has been kind of established that way. Right. And, uh, and of course we learned all that, but because of Zori bliss, Oh my gosh! Now, now here's a complaint I do have. Okay, I wish we had more Zori Bliss. You know what? I, I take back my statement. Uh, Zori Bliss needs a movie as well. Otherwise, that whole planet, like the background, the spice, I was, I wasn't really into it. I was like, okay, I don't really care. And when it gets blown up, but I didn't Zori really. Bliss, I'll go for a movie. I, I didn't really care that much when it got blown yeah, up. Right. I mean, I mean, I do for Babu, but I don't. Yeah. Well, I, I'm assuming he got off planet. I'm assuming, I'm assuming he's, he's off, off planet. World. Yeah. You know what? And if he's not, um, a movie about his past. Uh, and when they're hacking in, so of course the idea is you hack in, but that's going to wipe oh, out. Oh man, I bet he better show up in the Mandalorian. That'd be awesome. But of course it's going to wipe his, uh, it's going to wipe, um, um, C-3PO's. C-3PO's. Yep. I, I, I kept thinking of just Anthony Daniels. It's, we're not, we're not wiping Anthony Daniels mind. We're, we're <laughs> wiping 3PO's mind. Um, is I, I know it was in the trailer and I know it, they do it for an intentional gut punch, but even in the theater after I've seen the trailer so many times. Right is that read by Anthony Daniels was... One last look yeah. at what? At my, my friends. friends. What are you doing there, 3PO? Taking one last look, sir. At my friends. It is everything... Because he got so underused. Well, he was basically non-existent yeah. in, in 8. It was so wonderful to get to see him. And then to see him come back in the way we first knew him, it was like, hello, I am C-3PO. Like, yes. it was just, and it was uh, it was perfect nostalgia. relations. It was perfect nostalgia, and it was great, and it was funny, and it played, it brought levity. I, I loved it, and it was yes. sad. It, yes, it was. And I think we've established that, you know, you want more, you just want more nostalgia, you want more nostalgia, you want more throwbacks. I want to see us advancing some stories. I want to see some new, th- even if we're ending the thing, I want to see us push some boundary because I want to see the end has to expose something to us and resolve it. But this is, this was a great piece of nostalgia because C-3PO has been here forever and Anthony Daniels is just a great actor. We needed that. We needed that. We needed that read. 
it's it yes it is some nostalgia but it's also great acting and you need great acting especially in a space opera i i i, I it didn't it did not get old the oh hi have i met you you know you know right nice to the, meet you the running gag yeah the running gag did not get old i kind of felt like oh, we have a backup and we restored and was was kind of it like why didn't you say that earlier? Right. Like we could have done this whole thing where it would have been a non-issue, but we would have lost a lot of that play. So I kind of felt like it was a comp out, but at the same time, okay. I really, I really honestly thought we were kill, effectively killing three PO. Right. And that mean that would have been okay. What? I mean, that's maybe, maybe Chewie and three PO died, but you know what? They didn't. Right. Um, and, and that's, I mean, that makes us all the happier. Yeah, is I, I, th- I think, I think it's better that way, uh, especially for nostalgia like you, uh, for me, like you said, you just want you, like you've told me, I just want to watch the world burn. Yeah. And if they had both died, I would have been happy with it. Right. And you know, you get the, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's two different ways of approaching it. One, right. one is, well, it's the end of the saga. So everyone's going to die. Yes. But the and other you one, can't do both. And yeah. And in this, you kind of did do both. It's like, well, they did die, but then they kind of came back and yeah. did, they did the Wayne's world, big happy ending, which is pretty masterful. Honestly, that right. was really good uh, right. to, to make people believe you're doing the one thing and then juking. Right. Uh, so let's move on. Uh, Ray feels that, that Chewie's there. We go on a rescue mission. Uh, she goes to uh, well, she talks to basically to Kylo. Right. Um, she Skypes into Kylo um, <laughs> and, and she learns her lineage because, you know, he learned the, the, the lineage early on right. from Palps. Right. Um, and we're, we're all on the same page that he either didn't know or he was lying to her. And we've established that he didn't know at that point. But like episode eight, no one honestly believed that, I hope. Right. And this is this is where. So uh, obviously everyone knows this. Ray is a, is a Palpatine. She's the granddaughter, uh, her father of Palpatine. Her father was the son of Palpatine. So hold on. Go ahead. Palpatine fucks. First thought I had, it was literally the first thought I had was, was who has sex with Sheev Palpatine? Someone who wanted to be rich because he was really powerful in the Senate. This is a power play. Like, I totally get that. Well, let's go back even further, though, is she is in her 20s. Don't know how old her dad was. So but we can date this far enough back that Sheev Palpatine was probably not all of the Senate. By the time that, no, that no, this is, yeah, it was, so this it was, was probably when he was still still kind of dapper, really. Like, and he's obviously very persuasive. It was before his face melted, right? <laughs> right. I mean, it, probably. Uh, it's, but you know what? I mean, being in being in the Senate, and, and I, this, he never played himself as someone who was not going to be someone someday in episodes one, two, and three. Um, she was totally a character who was like, "Oh no, I, I'm going to be big. Just you wait." He probably had a groupie, probably because we, we never established we never established the grandma. We established her parents very briefly, right? And they were like anti everything that had gone down, right? You know, they were they were uh, quote unquote our, our good people, so to speak, right? But we never established the mom. No reason it couldn't have been a groupie. You know what? I, I I actually totally buy this. I was trying to remember one person's name and I couldn't think of it. Um, so of course, yeah. it's the one person. Um, it's the. It's it's the last name you try to remember until you remember it, right? Because once you get it, you stop trying to remember it. So here's a problem that that a lot of people had, and this is I need to address this because I know the big split in Star Wars fans is people that liked eight because anyone can become a Jedi, mm-hmm. broom boy, right? 
and Ray would be our, our, our quintessential example of anyone can become someone. So if she is someone, then that go, then that flies in the face that anybody can come become a Jedi. Right. And then with this movie, it's like, Oh, she's Palpatine. Oh, okay. And then I know a large, a large group of people didn't like that. Here's what really came to my mind. And I'm, I'm pulling this from Mark Bernardin, who is on fat man beyond the, okay. the podcast with Kevin Smith. And they discussed these sorts of things. Bernardin didn't like it because he says, Look at episode four, A New Hope. Mm -hmm. Farm boy comes out of nowhere, not related to anybody, drops the the torpedo down the tube, blows up the Death Star. With a few hours of training. With a few hours of training. And everybody's happy because here's this kid out of nowhere and makes this huge difference. Right. And that's what they wanted, what, what a lot of people wanted Ray to be. But here's my problem is Luke never was nobody. Right. Luke was always somebody. He was always the son of somebody powerful. We just didn't know it. That's okay. Ray, That's okay if you establish that Ray is not anybody important and has no lineage in episode seven. Right. Oh wait. Right. That's basically what we got. So yeah, it's. Um, I, I, I'm going to juke on this one. I think you still get that. I think you still get that people can be force sensitive without requiring like a Jedi Sith kind of thing or a lineage in episode nine, because we never establish, uh, and maybe, maybe this gets changed eventually, who knows, but we never established Finn's lineage. What is he trying? And it's canon because, well, I don't know. Um, it's, it's, it's based on intent. I don't know if it's canon, I guess, but it's, it's based on intent because JJ has come out and said the thing he wanted to say was, I am force sensitive. The thing he kept trying to tell Ray that we never get the answer to, that which would have been a longer cut, was Finn saying, I'm force sensitive, which solves I, a lot of problems for me yep. because people were like, oh, well, he yielded a, a he, he wielded a, a lightsaber, and uh, and you can only do that if you're a Jedi or if you're force sensitive. He was. He did. He was. Yep. I have no problem with that. So, yep. but, but he doesn't have to be someone who's got a lineage. Right, he comes from. He's established that he, I, he might. He might. Who knows? Right, he's FN two one eight seven. He's not. Uh, he's not of anyone of any importance that we know of. That I mean, we know of. Right. I mean, I mean that, I, that that can always be changed later. But I as, guess he as could be right Ma now, Mace Windu's son. I don't yeah, know. Who knows? Like, who knows? Or grandson. Um, yeah. Anyway, so we get the big reveal. Palpatine. Yeah, so uh, Unker Plot, that's what I was going to talk about, is we are putting a lot of trust in Unker Plot, who's obviously a thief. So he's a dude played by, <laughs> by Simon Pegg. You know, you know, right. You know, you know six credits. Like, <laughs> or portions. 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 Six portions. Half portion. <laughs> um, so, but that's who Palpatine's son, Ray's dad, entrusted to watch Ray. Because as I understand, I did a little bit behind the, the scenes reading. Right. Is... She originally just, she grew up there and she worked for him and then she went out on her own, but she was so good at it that he didn't send his thugs after her. He just kind of let her go. But really, Unker Plot is kind of he's, her surrogate dad. Yeah, he's the, he's the, he's the uh, I can't remember his name, the winged guy in episode one who Anakin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's exactly that character. Yeah. yeah. And he is, he is pretty much exactly that character. No anger! Shut, shut, Wado. Ding me chasa hopa. It is weird, though, that it's kind of like, 
the garbage will do. This is basically the garbage will do right. episode nine where the parents are there. Like, you know, we have our child, our child who is important to us. We need to find someone who can, who can raise her. No, the garbage will do. Here you go. Right. But and they, they were, they were in a rush. I get it. Right. But that's, what's funny to me. The universe is, we always talk about the universe is so big, but all the coincidences that happen yeah. is the universe is gigantic. So here is Palpatine's granddaughter that's being hidden on a desert planet. So apparently desert planets are a good place to hide. Yes. Tatooine. J- desert planets are a good place to hide. Holes are not a threat to anyone. <laughs> so she's left with Unker, Unker Plutt. So he has the Falcon because apparently someone stole it from Han and then the Irving brothers or uh, Irving boys, Irving boys, yeah. They they steal it from the other person, and then Unker Plot steals it from the Irving boys, and it happens to be in the exact same place, not just the same planet, right? The exact same place because the planet's pretty big, and the universe is pretty big, as I understand it. And Unker Plot has right, both of those things. Know, it's all right. Yeah, no, it's <clears throat> it's it's very. It seems statistically illogical. It's space opera. Right. This, this is where you get off the boat. Not everything else that's happened in this, in this, uh, <laughs> just the happenstance of these two. Well, right. here's why, because I thought, sorry, I hit the thing. I don't yeah. have a shock mount is I two, th- two things are in a similar place. I don't buy it. Well, that, I thought it was going to be something like Han. I, I really thought that Han was going to be Ray's dad, but with Kira so that solo gotcha. makes sense. And then that would make sense that the Millennium Falcon is there because he could kind of keep an eye on her and it, knowing that they were both there. Was that? We got we got like ten minutes. Are you serious? On our okay. Timer. Okay. We might go a little over, but that's okay. I'll cut it down. Yep. Um, not, not much because I don't have a whole lot more time than that. But let's let's okay. rock this out. And we're, you know what? If we need to do more. Okay. Then let's get to it quick. Yeah. General Hux. I'm the spy. Yeah. Did you like it or did you not like it? Um. I. I. Yeah. No. I agree. I felt that that was DSX Machina a little bit. Yep, it was DSX, and then we just, like, kill him right away. There's no—it it was completely unnecessary. Right. We did not need to address the spy. We didn't need—you know, and JJ, of all people who loves mystery, should have left that one on the floor. It, it was like a weird uh, 007 move. Yeah. Where, like, all of a sudden, like, like you're about to get killed by somebody, and the person that's about to, to kill you stops and goes, I'm the spy. Let's get out of here. It's yeah. just—it's yeah, a cop-out yeah. to me. And it's like— I, I, just, I just don't like Kylo. Man, I don't like Kylo either, but come on. There you go, people. We actually have a complaint about this movie. Don't come at me with your shit. Yeah. Oh, do, do you want complaints? Uh, well, I, I will get to complaints yeah. in a second. Um, all right, so we do. So we need to get this. We get to Kef Beer, um, the other, yes. the ocean moon of, of the ocean Endor. Moon of Endor, yes. Um, Which I'm going to call Endor. Uh, Ray has a, a Luke Dagobah-esque vision. She, has, she sees Dark Ray. Um, that, 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 I, I, all right, I'm going to jump ahead. We can come back. You, you want you, you don't even care about it. You don't even want to get into the Dagobah seeing the bad version of yourself. No, and it, and, and it's totally worth exploring. But why, why are we on this like makeshift raft when we have all these different spaceships that could just land on the wreckage of a Death Star, which is really large? <laughs> why is this even a thing? Oh, you can't get there. It's like, well, we can, like, because we have spacecraft. Right. Okay. Well, let's get beyond that. The real Sorry. reason that we're on Kev Beer is so that oh, so yes. that we get we get force healing. So Leia lays down. She force projects Which her voice. Which was leaked in uh, the Mandalorian. We made a cannon there yep. for the. Yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday. For, for, I'm not for the EU. We made a canon in new canon. Right. Uh, Wednesday, the day before the movie came out on the actually 18th, um, you, you get to see Force Healing uh, by Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. And then we, so. so Baby Yoda and Babu Freak. 
So this does play well with what Ryan Johnson set up because you get the force projection of Luke. Yep. Leia force projects her voice, calls out to Ben, not to Kylo. Right. That momentary that gives uh, Ray the moment to like just run him through, which is something you think about in these movies all the time. It's like people get distracted, but no one ever just gets straight up killed. Right. And he just got straight up just run right through the stomach. Yes. Well, th- this is actually, this is great. It's, it's not comedic. However, what I think of this as you, oh, I, I know you've never played um, Secret of Monkey Island. Yeah. It's so great. One of the things you do is you want to be a pirate and you go. But, to I, learn, but I don't want to be a pirate. You learn to sword fight. And the guy who's teaching classes on how to sword fight basically teaches you how to hold a sword, but tells you, no, sword fighting is not about swinging a sword. It's about your insults to your enemies, your witty repartee. So it's not like water dancing. It's not like water dancing. What, Lou, and there's a whole mini game. Lou, what do we say to the gods of death? Not today. Go ahead. Uh, uh, next week's actually pretty good, though. I feel good about that. Can you, give me, can you give me before Monday? Because work starts on Monday. Yeah. Give me like Sunday night, Monday morning. Uh, give me an hour into work on Monday. Anyway, um, the, there's a whole mini game in Secret of Monkey Island on learning the counters. So when someone insults you, you can come over the top and insult them back. And the game is, there's no sword fighting that you control in the game. Everything you control about sword fighting and you master sword fighting by insults. But this is basically that whole entire concept of, can you get distracted? It's not insults and it's not played for comedy, but this is really good. This is good stuff. Right. So he dies, she heals. And I think what's so important in this scene, this, I, this scene made me cry. This entire part of this scene made me cry is her saying, I wanted to take your hand. Ben's uh, hand. Right. I love it. I love the differentiation between the 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 two people. The idea of the of human nature is what I think is so wonderful about this. And so then after that, you get the memory. You get the memory of Han, and you get the exact same scene as you had in Seven. Right. With what I think is, I don't think Han got his just ends in Seven. I mean, he just he just falls and he dies, and it's really sad. But this is perfect because you get this moment where he. Ben Solo gets to relive what happened on that bridge. Right. I don't know if I'm strong enough. He throws away the lightsaber, throws away his old ways, repents. And then when he says, Dad, I, and we all know it's going to be, he's like, I know. It's the I know. It's the I know. And here's the thing is, I mean, first off, I just absolutely cried in that. But the reason I cried in that is... When Han says, I know, people always quote the line as being like, Han so B.A. because she's like, I love you. And he's like, I know because I don't care about anything and I just know I'm awesome. I've never read it as that. I never read it as that either. I always read it as she should just know he loves her. Right. Like the way he and acts, the way he treats her, the way, and in this instance, his love is so ever present. It's like, Dad, I love you. It's like, I know. Yeah, and it's for, for I, I, <sighs> And I get that it's never been said in universe, but I kind of felt like there was always this tension and it wasn't, um, he says, I know, but it was, I've always known. Right. And really, if you, if you feel in your heart, you've always known as well. Right. This is not, I know it's, we've both always known, but you have been strong enough to actually put this out there. Right. And uh, it's, because it's, we now we've broken the stress. This is the this is the voice breaking and chewy moment. 
to call back earlier callbacks right and the whole idea for how long you know always yeah, we always always, always always right this is the this is the always moment um and another real interesting the thing i wanted to say about because leia has han's medal yes and i think what's so incredibly sweet about that is and this is not mine i'm taking this from kevin smith but the idea that like for everything that they went through the ups and downs between han and leia that she always kind of remembers him as that guy that against all odds saved the day in hope. Yes. That 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 was not selfish, even though he pretends to be selfish. He showed up and did the right thing. And that's the person that she fell in love with. She she sees the good. She has distilled it. No one is perfect, but she has recognized all of the good. And she sees that. And I think that's really cool. She's not trying to make him a good person. She sees the good in him and that's what she loves. You know, she's not, it's, he's not a fixer upper. He is who he is, but she sees that as he is who he is and he is good. Exactly. All right. So let's move, let's move yeah. through and go on. Uh, she exiles herself to, to Oct too. Uh, so she kind of pulls another, another Luke. Um, then she goes to, to throw the lightsaber. I don't blame her Luke in that, in that aspect. You know what? Right. That's that's a lot. That's a lot of weight on your shoulders. Right. So she she hurls the lightsaber. Yeah. yeah. She has she has a common courtesy to not leap across a, an ocean with a stick to stab something she's gonna stab from the other side or drink green milk. Right. But I get it. Right. Uh, and then we get our Luke moment. We get our yes. Luke catches the lightsaber moment. And this is as much as I would like to defend things as not being f u Ryan. This is a thousand percent f u Ryan. Is is to catch the lightsaber and to say, you know, a, a Jedi's lightsaber is not something to be taken lightly. Right. You know, this this you need to take care of this. Luke gets to finally raise the X-wing. I think this is perfect. Now, some people think, well, no, Ray should have been the one that that triumphs and, and raises the X-wing. I think it has to be Luke because Luke was not able to do it on Dagobah. This is sure. Luke getting to come full circle. That once he's now a Force ghost, he's actually able to do those things and complete the things that he was unable to do before. It's good for Luke. It's confusing for Ray though because she did just hold down a shuttle escaping right. orbit with with <laughs> Kylo Ren. It's, that it's, is true. It, it it's yeah. I'm not saying it's bad. It's a bit disappointing that we kind of had to shoehorn that in. What would really have been nice is if we had like four and a half five hours of movie. Right. To really give the stuff room to breathe. Like if Episode Eight had also been done by J.J. Abrams. Right. Um, instead of just changing directors to people who don't talk to each other halfway through, if we had a nice, good, consistent narrative, that would have been really, really awesome. Right. So basically she gets a pep talk and then we get the X-Wing. Red 5 is back in action, which is nice to see. You know, she had the helmet in 7, uh, you know, the the, the X-Wing helmet in 7. So right. she's Red 5 is back in action. Red 5 takes off. We're going to Exegol. We get our final scene. Question. So Palpatine is saying, I want you to strike me down so that I can then inhabit you. And essentially we will rule the galaxy together. Do you think that he really wanted that? Or do Together? you? Or do, no, or absolutely do, or not. Do, or or do you think that the, the end game was always the duality or the uh, the dyad? I think the end game was a step past the dyad. I think the end game was um, the dyad's important. Here's another MacGuffin, but I think I think that Palpatine totally bought into the idea that he could use the dyad to make himself more powerful. I think this kind of feeds into the theme of. Um, Darth Plagueis, the wise. 
Have I ever told you the story of Darth Plagueis the Wise? You know, if I were someone watch, uh, listening to this podcast, I would assume that Ben is totally a Sith at this point. Um, Every time I read that, I'm going to make it longer and slower. <laughs> wise. We, yeah, cut to the, cut the 2025. It's going to be one hour of you just doing that. Um, so the... I, I think that he is now totally I think I think he's lost a good bit of his mind. Well being in isolation not, being in isolation that long will do it. It's like somebody that does the entire yeah. AT uh, the the Appalachian Trail from one side to the other. You're yes. gonna go a little crazy sometimes. Right. As someone who's fallen down a hole and survived, like every other Jedi, holes are not a threat to Jedi. I I, I, th I think he's lost his mind a bit. I think he's totally bought into this idea that we have the rule of two with the Sith. There's a master and apprentice. The apprentice kills the master and becomes the master. The master doesn't doesn't like inhabit the apprentice. That's not been established, but we have that, and we also have his real obsession with overcoming death. Uh, I think I don't think it's canon. I think Palpatine just kind of started to lose his lose his nut, and he thinks that through being struck down by the dyad, he can then basically become the most even more powerful than he is right now by basically assuming all their power and then getting a younger body or something. And cause we, we know he, we know he's controlled Snoke. Snoke is well, a puppet. He made, he made Snoke. He made, he made Snoke's plural. Right. Um, and Snoke was a puppet. I guess once it was, I guess once the entire, um, red guard was killed, he couldn't just like drop another Snoke in the Praetorian. So, yeah. Yeah. Once all the Praetorian were killed and there was this huge massacre, he couldn't be like, Oh, no one knows. I'll just drop another Snoke in here. I guess that kind of, I guess the game was up at that point, but I, 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 I think he just lost his nut and he thought that between what he, what he could do with Snoke and use Snoke as a puppet and everything else. I think he just thought that he could honestly, I don't know, inhabit one of the bodies, make the merge the dyad into one. Maybe Ray kills Ben. And then now he's like all three Jedi in one or all three force users in one or something. I, I, I don't know. I think he lost his nut. I, I, I think th he believed it. I think he was still the, the puppet master. I'm going to go a little bit different. I think he was the puppet master the entire time. I okay. think, I think it was just a straight up lie to say, strike me down and, and I will inhabit you and you'll, you'll basically, basically run everything. I think he knew that that was off the table to begin with. He was just saying that to try and get, the dyad together and to basically take their force powers together and how that works. That's one of those things where I'm sure. like, you know, the suspension of dis disbelief, yep. even within the universe, because we are talking about space opera here. I don't care. Yeah. I just accept it. Sure. He can just suck their powers. I'll buy it. But let me step back just a second and go back to now that, now that Ben is Ben Solo and not Kylo anymore. Right. Uh, which apparently means he wears sweaters, like nice little soft cashmere. He's all about cashmere. Is um, you get the transport, just like the the. Looks like he was introducing the new iPhone. You get the transporting of the lightsaber, right? Which is a fun little moment because you get the little moment of like pause and then like wreak havoc on, havoc on everybody. Um, apparently, there's now a thing that's called uh, the Ben Solo Challenge. Right. Have you heard about this? No. You don't know about it? No. So he gets the lightsaber. So you know, Ray sends him the lightsaber, and he gets it, and he pulls it out. And then he does the Han Solo shrug, like Han does on Endor. I didn't catch that. Okay, so he does the Han Solo shrug and then lays, lays waste to everybody. That's now become hashtag the Ben Solo challenge. Nice. And people are taking different objects in different situations and doing like the little, the, the Han Solo shrug. Anyway, bring that back to Palpatine. Uh, kicks Ben Solo off the, off the cliff. He's gone. Ray's losing. She finally gets all the voices. 
we get every voice. Yes. Every uh, Jedi. Uh, not Ashoka. Just, Ashoka. 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 We yeah. get everybody. Everybody is there. But now I do have a problem. I have a problem. Okay. One of the voices is Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen says, bring balance to the force. And I think this is unnecessary to even have this line because you could just be like, like bring balance to the force. And that would have been fine for him. But he says, bring balance to the force as I did. Hold the phone. How did he bring balance to the force? Now, the idea that I understand, the idea I understand is he brought balance to the force by taking Palpatine and throwing him down the well. Ah, I disagree. And killing him. And by killing him, that brought balance to the force. But he didn't because he's here. So did he bring balance? How did he bring Uh balance to the force? So I'm gonna get so much so many emails from people going, You're an idiot. No, no, I I think I no, I think that's I think that's I I think that's a a a a good read. Uh, I thought that balance was brought to the force in episode six by Luke convincing his father to do that because Anakin saw good in Luke. And saw that Luke wasn't turned like he was. Now, Luke didn't have the same upbringing that Anakin did. Anakin didn't have a chance from the start. But he saw goodness in Luke and changed. Uh, Darth Vader never would have thrown Palpatine down a pit if Luke had never shown up. He would have just been um, the apprentice hanging around with Chief Palpatine the entire time. It required Luke to do that. So he didn't bring balance to the force by, by bringing balance to the force by throwing Palpatine down the thing, because I mean, he did that way. He absolutely did until we found out that Palpatine lived for, you know, lived through it because holes are no threat to force powerful people, but he did it through his love or his really creepy stalker shit, uh, for Padme. He, he brought balance through the force through his pre turn actions and then his pre-turn actions redeemed him. That's kind of how I saw that. Now, it, it, at the same time, it was a really sappy line. It was unnecessary. I, I mean, I, I do agree with you on that. I, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. You're, you the, are. Well, do it. Well, do in, it. in your argument, it sounds to me like yes. Luke. Like, yes. yes. Let your hate flow. <laughs> uh, Anyway, it sounds like Luke is the one who brought balance to the force. In yes. Your, in your, in your, so, yes. So. And if he didn't, why do you have episodes four, five and six at all? Why is Luke even in them if he didn't actually take right. any part of it? But the prophecy, as I understand it, is supposed to be about Anakin because Anakin gives the line. Yes, yes it is. It bring, is. For, bring balance to the force as I did. Yes. Anakin brought balance to the force because he had Luke and Leia, but he didn't have to be the one. He didn't have to be the individual who, without any help from outside him, brought balance to the force. Because if you take that stance where um, Anakin is, you know, I'm an I'm a man to my own, I'm an island. The only reason he was able to get anywhere is because he was picked up off of some desert rock by a bunch of Jedi and given a bunch of advantages by the Jedi in training. He is not an island. He is not a person unto himself. He was trained. He got a lot of advantages. He was the person who brought balance to the force. But if he got to get all these powers and training to make him as powerful as he was and arguably got even more powerful by training under Palpatine, right? He had all this stuff going for him. Why can't his actions have set in motion the balance that was brought to the force, which 
the reason I like the ending of this and I was happy is I said I wanted balance brought to the force. He didn't bring balance to the force. Luke didn't bring balance to the force. Ray brought balance to the force. But she learned from everything that happened before her and all of the Jedi texts. That I can agree with because this was about turning one of those things where like we're going to have to turn the mics off for a second. Lewis and I are just going to actually have an argument. Yeah, we completely uh, <laughs> disagree. Because but we've come to the same end. Because I don't think the line needs to happen as I did because oh, I don't no, think no, that. I 100% agree with you there. I, 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 that I, I, was, I did not like because that. Because that either means bring balance to the force in the same way that I did mm-hmm. or like I did or doing the same thing that I did. But any but of those reads are all wrong. Any it, of those none, reads are none, all wrong. None of those work. The read is bring balance to the force. Right. Because I'm commanding you to do it because this is, these are the events that were set in motion. Because ultimately, I guess what you're saying is ultimately he brought balance to the force, but not of something he did, right. of, the, uh, of the things he set in motion. So really, I mean, really, frankly, really, frankly, really Ray is, is bringing balance to the force in this because, right. because the short answer would have been, and, and the preconceived notion was, he killed Palpatine. That brought balance to the force. But obviously that can't be true if we bring Palpatine back. Well, we, we brought balance to the force basically three times. We did it at the end of episode nine, obviously. Uh, at the end of episode six, Return of the Jedi. Right. We had balance. Everything was set, except for the fact that holes are no threat to Jedis if, or Force-sensitive people. If we go back to three, if you didn't have... Now, it could have happened some other way, but everything could happen some other way, so there's no point in navel-gazing. If you didn't have Anakin come in and choose the dark side, would Palpatine have been able to arise and amass so much power so quickly? Or if Anakin had chosen the light side to work with Mace Windu, you wouldn't have had an empire. Well, and we also talk about that is, is balance to the force good? And by that, I mean, it's like you have to have light and dark to have balance to the force. So there there are those people that are like, well, he brought balance to the force by going to the dark side. Right. What is balance? Is this balance? (laughs) Is balance balance? Because like if everybody's good, there's no balance to the force. If he goes and becomes this very, very powerful Sith and, and balances out evenly with how much power the dark side has to the light side has, he's kind of brought balance to the force by being a bad guy. That's right. So so the way you read bring balance to the force as I did, yeah. totally unnecessary. As I did was garbage. Right. As I did was garbage. If he had said bring balance to the force, uh, that's okay. Now, I'm not really upset about it. Nah. But it was it was a garbage read. You and I both have it, believe it for different reasons. We could fight endlessly about it. However, um, we need to move on. Same spot. Yeah, we need to move on to the fact we're that we're in sudden death time because I got we're, we're I have in, obligations. We're we're in sudden death. Um, Palpatine gets all the power. Force lightnings the shit out of everything. Everything out of everything. It's awesome. I thought it was. I wanted to stand up and clap. I thought it was amazing. You get Ray dying, and then you get. Ky- sorry, Kylo. You get ben, ben bringing her ben, sacrifice. Yep. Before you even get to that, sorry, the kiss. Yes, that's a that's a, a divisive point for a lot of people. What do you think about the kiss? Eh, don't no. care. Don't, don't really care either. It. I don't care either. I know the shippers were happy, and I'm sure that sure. That, that, that checked a box for them. I didn't care about that. I loved the turnaround. I loved the 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 him saving her and using all of his life force to save her and them having that moment. It's kind of a Romeo and Juliet moment, but not because of the miscommunication, but just the pure sacrifice they keep for dying, each other. They keep dying yeah, yeah, each right, other. Yeah. Right, he's dying. <laughs> I'm dead. No, you're not. No, I'm dead. No, two, no, I'm dead. Two Jedi's both alike in dignity and fair Exegol where we lay our scene. Nice. <laughs> From ancient ancient blood, Palpatine, break to new mutiny where civil blood makes civil hands unclean. See, all I'm thinking is, uh, it was uh, Chris Coet's uh, web animation from, God, 15 years ago now. From fe- from the loins of these fatal foes. <laughs> Nurse, what? 
A pair of, of Star Wars cross lovers take their life. I bite my thumb at you. You bite your thumb at me. I bite my thumb at you, noob. I always knew you were a Mercutio. All right. So anyway, uh, I, I love the kiss. I love the trading of, of death for life. Right. I love all of that. Um, I think that's great. Now we move on to Ray goes back to tattooing because we got to go back to tattooing. Of course you do. She's got Luke and Leia's lightsabers. Yes. One weird part. And she buries them. As we know, she buries the lightsabers. Weird thing about this. On Tatooine, where on they tattoo- both want to be buried, Luke being, you know, uh, a nobody who finds out, like, his life is a joke, and Leia, who is a slave to Jabba the Hutt, exactly where they want to be buried. <laughs> right. Sorry. Anyway, go on. That's exactly the point. No, no, you made my point oh, sorry, for me. Yeah. That's exactly my point was going to be. Is like, that's, I don't think that's where they want to be. That's and a fact, that's and a nice fact, sword. I think I'll step on it. And in fact, as much as I don't want to go back to it, it would be more fitting if they went back to Endor, the forest moon, not the ocean moon. Mm. If they went back to the forest moon of Endor and, like, I had like a big burial ceremony with a bunch of Ewoks. You don't have to explain which moon it is. I mean, you just say Endor, it's good enough, right? It's its name. <laughs> it's not ambiguous at all. And so we finally get, we, we've come full circle all, with, all the way back. Random person walking through the desert, because I don't think there's that many people near the moisture farms out there. I would expect not. Is uh, She walks through and she's like, what's your name? Ray. Wait, Ray what? And it's Ray Skywalker. So I love it. I think it's great. Here's my question is... Is she taking that name as a family name or are we? Okay, well, let me say something else. I'm going to stop for a second. She takes the name Skywalker. Right. And we see the yellow lightsaber. Yellow indicating there is some aspect of the red lightsaber in in this. In in additive color and it's light. So you would use an additive model. Red and green make yellow. Right. So does this mean that she is what we used in Legends? new as gray Jedi. And by extension, does that mean that this term Skywalker is not just her last name, but anybody that is, could become a force user that would be a gray Jedi. That's no longer binary that, that there's a, there's a gradient, there's a spectrum and we're all Skywalker in this gray Jedi is, is, am I reading too much into that or is that possible? I mean, I were trying to reestablish balance. And that was one of the things I thought that reestablished balance to the force was, it's books and wayfinders and uh, legends and daggers, but these are extremes. We have distilled it down to say, you know what? These are both lenses through that we can look through. We can look through both lenses and we can have gray Jedi. We can have yellow lightsabers, which is brand new, at least in the current, uh, you know, if we dismiss legends. I don't think I, I'm not familiar with yellow lightsaber. I, I think this is a great way of doing balance to the force. And I think you have set up what uh, we're going to have to accept as as a mystery that J.J. Abrams did not reveal. Um, I, th- I think this is a great place to kind of wrap up. There is one last thing. This is going to be my postscript. And, right, and then we're going to natural causes. I don't buy it. So anyway, here's one last thing. Chewie gets his medal. I'm so happy about that. Okay. So I'm going to, there's, there's more to it. Yes. All right. Chewie gets his medal. Most, there's two different ways to read this. There's the cinematic version of reading this and there's the fandom not an EU, but the fandom way of looking at this. Okay, okay? We'll get through them quickly. Get through them quickly. Um, everybody's super happy in the cinematic version of it, which is Chewie didn't get his medal in four. Right. He gets his medal now. Yes. Everybody's happy. You finally got your medal. That's not canon. Okay. In the comics, which are canon, Chewie is the Chewbacca comic. Um, the comics didn't go back to Legends? 
No, no, no. This is a new comic. This came out in 2015. It oh, started okay. in 2015. Okay. It's the, the Chewy comic. I was going to um, say, because he also died He also died by a moon in comics, but right. that's Legends. Right. So in the Chewbacca comic, came out in uh, 2015, um, he goes on adventures. His ship breaks down, um, and he meets this girl, like probably about 12 years old, named Zaro. Um, he befriends her. They go on some adventures fighting the Empire, stuff like that. Uh, in the last edition of oh, that oh, comic. Oh, it's the professional. Basically. <laughs> Uh, in the last edition of that comic, she basically, they're packing stuff up. She basically is like, I wish I had something to commemorate our time together. And he gives her the medal, the 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 medal of bravery right. that he received, apparently not on screen, but apparently that he received at Endor. I always assumed he received something off screen and so, at Endor. Oh, so for the second battle. What's that? So he got that for the second. Death oh, sorry, 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 sorry. No, 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 no. It was, was it was Yavin. It was okay. Yavin. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um, I always assumed he got it off. I wanted him to receive it off. He did. Um, so anyway, he did actually get it there. We just don't see it on screen. We know this because he's hanging out with Zaro. She wants something to commemorate. Um, he gives her the medal, um, and she. She doesn't know what it is, but she asks uh, why he doesn't want to keep it. And then he does like the chewy sound uh, speaking. Mm -hmm. And then she responds, you're right. It does clash with your whole warrior vibe. (laughs) And so then he gives it to her, this girl that he befriended in the comic books. So he actually got that medal in four. Now, I'm not saying that to take anything away from eight. I think it makes it more important because in eight, whose medal did he get? It wasn't his medal. Maz is giving him Hans medal. Right. And this is to commemorate his best friend and to bring that story full circle was it wasn't he finally got his medal. It's like, oh thank he God. He got Hans medal. He got Hans medal. Well, that's got- why it was important to me. Right. Is that it was Hans medal. But that's even that's even cooler knowing because I did not know that about the 2015 comic. I had no clue. So that's even better that this is actually canon that um, he did receive his medal, plus he got Han's medal. In a way, he's kind of my favorite actor in the in this whole movie, just because he doesn't do a ton, but he he gets he gets Han's medal, and that is so sweet. When Leia dies, his reaction—I just expected, like when Han died, I just expected him to you know and like right. be upset. But he just, he is distraught. He falls to his knees. He falls down unconsolable. And in that moment, what you realize is it's not just he lost somebody he cared about. All his friends are dead. Yes. Everyone's gone. They're all this done. is This is it. Like, there's the new people, but everyone's gone that he that he was friends with. So as much as we talk about Anthony and Daniels. And he also lost 3PO at one point. Well, that's just it. As much as we talk about 3PO and Anthony Daniels and being like, I'm saying one last look at my friends. He did that. He saw all of his friends go. Right. And he's, he lived, well, he's lived a lot longer, but we don't, especially now that's all legends, what happened pre this whole thing? He wasn't really like, he wasn't big in the Galactic Senate. These were people he was really emotionally tied to. He's probably buried a lot of people, but at this point, this is something that is, is really big because we're ending this whole arc, this whole Skywalker saga over generations. And he is, this is also a character who... There are very few characters who don't get to actually speak. R2-D2 and, and Chewie. And he's adopted a lot of human mannerisms in his time with people and human body language in his time with people. And the fact that we said Anthony Daniels was a great actor, carrying Chewbacca through, this is, this, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of body language in Chewie's acting that... I mean, I, I, I was kind of kind of saying carrying through. We don't really get that in episodes one, two, and three because not around. But there, there, there's a lot that has to be kind of 
read into it because he can't he can't speak and express his feelings. Right. And then of course, uh, not to not to end on a down note because we don't end on down notes not in these movies. We get I'm the giant we get the giant big happy ending. Everybody's happy, everyone's celebrating. Women kiss, it's great. It's 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 awesome. Everything is is wonderful and then the the and then the credits roll. So I, I loved it. I, I I thought it was great. Um, I know we said we were going to rank them today, but we, I don't think yeah. we have time. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a part two. We're probably going to try and bring in a special guest. I think so. Because uh, I think we need a special guest to redo rankings. I, I think so. So what we're going to do is so for you guys, this is part one. I know it seems like a lot. We're going to recover some of this stuff, but I'm sure our, our guest on the next one will have some additional uh, feedback and yep. additional uh, insight into what we're going to be doing. I will pick some nits because I do have some nits I want to pick, but I didn't want to get them to him today. Absolutely. And, and we'll We'll talk about some more of our critiques next time in our part two on our review of The Rise of Skywalker. And not to bury the lead, but we're going to rank all of the Star Wars movies, worst to best, best to worst. We're going to put them in order. We're going to line them up. We're going to have three different opinions here, and you guys are going to have yours, and we want to hear those too. So uh, anyway, thank you so much for listening. Very much. This has been General Geekery specifically. It's been a podcast. I'm Ben. I'm Lou. And we'll see you guys next time. Keep listening. May the Schwartz <laughs> be with you. Yeah, it was your turn for one of those. She's levitating. She's levitating rocks. It's not all about levitating rocks. Right. But she's but, levitating. But it's, it's, it's like forty percent about levitating rocks. Yeah, mostly mostly rocks. Mostly rocks. Um, there's boning. There's, there's training. There's lots of stuff going yeah. on. They went back to indoor, the forest moon, not the ocean moon. Well, yeah, I said indoor. Come on. Do you need me to disambiguate? It's better than the Legends end for Chewie. Well, being crushed by a moon is tough to swallow. Palpatine. So hold on. Go ahead. Palpatine fucks. Have I ever told you the story of Darth Plagueis the Wise? You know, if I were someone watch, uh, listening to this podcast, I would assume that Ben is totally a Sith at this point. In one uh, in one podcast, you said that I abdicated reading. Yes, when you threw the phone across the room. It's hard to abdicate reading when you have to look up abdicate. <laughs> <laughs> he abdicated reading after looking up abdicate, <laughs> and then he re-abdicated reading. <laughs> he adjudicated the abdication <laughs> of his abhorrent reading. This has been a Broken Toys Studio production. Broken, but still good. Yeah, still good.